Hi, everybody, and welcome to New Frontiers in Functional Medicine, bringing you the best minds in functional medicine, and today is no exception. Uh, I'm Dr. Kara Fitzgerald. Today, we're going to be talking about all things coaching, and specifically coaching uh, in functional medicine. I have with me Dr. Sandra Scheinbaum, who founded uh, the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Dr. Scheinbaum is also an Institute for Functional Medicine Certified Practitioner. Uh, she was licensed as a clinical psychologist for over 35 years, specializing in blending mind-body medicine with positive psychology. She established a clinic for children and adults with attention deficit disorders and ran a clinic for treating panic and anxiety. A board-certified senior fellow in biofeedback, certified health coach, and registered yoga instructor, Instructor, she held faculty positions at National Lewis University and the University of Western States and was on medical staff at North Shore University Health Systems and Northwestern Lake Forest Hospital for many years. Dr. Scheinbaum is the author of Stop Panic Attacks in 10 Easy Steps, Using Functional Medicine to Calm Your Mind and Body with Drug-Free Techniques, and also How to Give Clients Skills to Stop Panic Attacks, Don't Forget to Breathe, and conducted one of the first controlled studies of neuro feedback in the treatment of ADD. She's passionate about transforming healthcare by training health coaches to integrate the positive psychology model of coaching with functional medicine approach to reversing chronic illness. This is such a needed area, uh, and Sandy, you're ideally suited to be launching this program. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to learn about it. So talk to me a little bit about your journey towards founding the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy. Sure. Well, my journey started way back in 1970s, 1971, when I failed student teaching. My major was elementary education, and if you didn't get an A, then forget about it. No school district was going to hire you. So I went to Plan B, which was stayed on, got a master's, in learning disabilities, figuring that, well, if I'm not so good in the classroom, I can do one-to-one -one uh -huh. diagnostic work and remediation with kids. So I, of course, got a job in a classroom with not only kids with learning disabilities, but their behavior disorders. So I went back to school and became, learned everything I could to become an expert in applied behavior analysis which then led to leading workshops for the parents of kids I was working with in how to manage behavior at home, which then led to getting a doctorate in clinical psychology. And then my doctoral program, I was really interested in mind-body medicine, which at the time was pretty radical and mm -hmm. unheard of, yeah. and merged that with positive psychology. And along the way, started using nutrition, which again, as a psychologist, was pretty out of the box. We just didn't go there. So I was always very, very interested on a personal level, on food and the connection between food and mood and behavior, and then found functional medicine. But it's rare as a psychologist. I was always the other in conferences when they ask for a show of hands of who's a physician, a nurse practitioner, et cetera. There's always an other at the end, and uh -huh. that would be the one other. Uh, so it was a natural progression to looking at health coaching because I had, on the way, gotten training as a health coach. And so my vision was to establish a program for health coaches, giving them the framework in functional medicine, going back to my roots as an educator. That's beautiful. I mean, it really is a... Um 
you know, your, your, your life and your career, your work has, has brought you here. I mean, you're with such a powerful background to, um, you know, to be exactly the, the one, the other, <laughs> to put this together. And it's really pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, and your program is established in collaboration with the IFM, the Institute for Functional Medicine, where I'm faculty. Um, and by the way, I'll be actually be doing some coaching with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to teaching and I see a lot of my friends involved in teaching. But, you know, just tell people who aren't aware of the Institute for Functional Medica uh, Medicine, you know, what the Institute does, who they are and give some of the background sure. on how they're involved. Sure. So the Institute for Functional Medicine trains practitioners in an evidence-based, science-based approach looking at systems biology and digging deep to the root causes of illness. And it's based on, again, the study of systems and connections. And it's dynamic and transformational. And it's personalized. And my first experience in functional medicine when I went to the AFMCP, Applied Functional Medicine in Clinical Practice, as I learned this unique way of looking at, at personalizing medicine, thought back to my original studies in learning disabilities and how similar it was because mm. at that time, rather than just saying, oh, here's a child and we'll diagnose him with dyslexia and we'll give him some reading techniques, put him in special ed and that's it. But we right. really were trained to dig down to the whys. Why is this child dyslexic? It could be they have an attentional issue. It could be they have processing problem with visual perception. It could be an auditory processing issue. So we use specialized testing to find that out and develop a personalized plan, exactly what functional medicine does, where you dig down through a specialized testing often and develop a personalized plan. Right, that's so, right. You know, one symptom, many causes. Right, that's right, that's right. We, we definitely cast a wide net, you know, and use a, a systems model to uh, figure out what's going on with the individual. It's a powerful approach. Um, so working with IFM, you know, what makes your health coaching system uh, unique? So we have paired the functional medicine framework, this way of looking at chronic illness, mm -hmm. and paired that with positive psychology coaching to develop a new operating system. Because as I looked at what positive psychology is, and that's the study of what we need to thrive, and mm. both functional medicine and positive psychology are about what an individual needs to thrive, mm -hmm. looking at what they need for optimal wellness. So we've paired these two systems and we're also looking at a, a new delivery model, which is training coaches to work side-by-side -side with functional medicine practitioners on collaborative care teams. Yes, yes. I know, as you and I were dialoguing, you know, before we started the podcast, I was telling you, um, you know, as I've been spending some time looking closely at what you're doing, how... Um, you know, you'd be appropriate for a number of my staff here. Or here, you know, I, I could see my, you know, my my front office people just really gaining benefit from understanding it. 
Um, but also I can see the utility of this kind of training, you know, clo working close with me. So somebody who's got this background just really assisting, assisting me and, you know, walking through um, the patients through the various aspects of the work that I do with them and assisting them. So uh, I, I can see how um, I would personally, my practice would benefit. We, the, your, your coaches, though, I'm assuming, could, could, could fit in other models as well. Would you say yes? Correct. So our coaches could go into a conventional medical practice and bring functional medicine to that practice. So a physician who wants to bring diet and lifestyle medicine to their practice can offer groups or can offer coaching, and so it's a way for that coach to start educating that physician about functional medicine. We also have many existing coaches mm -hmm. who are taking our program because they want to add that functional medicine paired with positive psychology piece to their existing practice. Maybe they have uh, their entrepreneurs and they have a private practice and they want to hone their skills. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I understand, you know, why your background in positive psychology would be so useful. I so that you can give the didactic, you can teach the functional medicine model and move through the various aspects of that, the matrix, you know, the, the, the clinical imbalances and so forth that we use in functional medicine. But then having that positive psychology background where, you're, where the coach is actually able to energize um, the patients, you know, the, the clients, inspire them uh, to engage in this process, this transformative process, I think that positive psychology piece will be very, uh, very useful and really kind of sets you Ab apart. Yeah, absolutely. And both positive psychology and functional medicine are evidence-based. And I'm really big on what's the evidence for mm -hmm. this approach. And positive psychology is rooted in science. It's Carol Kaufman, who is the co-founder of the Harvard Institute of Coaching, who is a positive psychology coach. And she describes this she says positive psychology is the scientific legs upon which the field of coaching can stand. It provides evidence. Mm. So we dig into what someone needs to flourish. It's based on Marty Seligman's work, who's the, one of the fathers of positive psychology, and looks at what people need to thrive. And functional medicine also looks at that. But in positive psychology, we're looking at the pillars of well-being and we use character strengths as a way to help someone find that well-being. And character strengths are really the features that make you you. And they're stable over time, and we really dig into this and help teach coaches how to identify those characteristics within themselves and then how to nurture them in their clients. And we actually add them to the functional medicine timeline. So there are things like creativity, love of learning, zest, gratitude, hope, kindness. Uh, some are of the mind, some are of the heart, some are interpersonal, some are intrapersonal. Uh, but this is the way that people change by accessing their strengths. Right. And you blend this with the functional medicine model as well. So, yeah, absolutely. So, for example, if someone, if we're 
if we're mapping the functional medicine timeline and we're looking at key periods mm-hmm. in someone's life and we're telling their story, maybe they're uh, maybe they're saying that they've gone from one physician to another to try and find out what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So we would add to that timeline perseverance. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. in retelling their story, we would look at that's the character strength. You didn't just give up when you went to that one doctor and got that initial diagnosis. You persevered. Uh, Or maybe you've used courage uh, Mm -hmm. to uh, deal with pain or chronic disease. So we look at those character strengths and help someone further use of those strengths. Geez, that's great. (laughs) That's that's a really lovely way to to look at it. or even just the individual who's who you know the 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 patient who's taken the leap to move into the integrative model and how might you know just how how would you apply the positive psychology piece to uh, assisting somebody adopting one of the therapeutic diets we might prescribe that can be anxiety provoking actually to put it mildly for some. Sure. Well, we would use bravery. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would uh, have them be very mindful of when they were brave. And we might um, partner with them to find 20 seconds of courage to uh, bravery to try a new food, bravery to deal with the loss of some of their favorite foods that they've been told aren't so good for them. Right. And so that bravery courage. Uh, We would also get into an area that um, Richard Boyatzis, who's one of our guest faculty, he's up at Case Western Reserve and uh, has done a lot of research on emotional intelligence and what he describes as positive emotional attractors. So core values. We would have a conversation with a client to have them access what is really going to motivate them. Mm-hmm. And this moves way beyond establishing a specific goal, but it's imagining where you want to be in 10 years and what would that look like. Right. And so if they're saying, I want to walk my daughter down the aisle or uh, something that is really accessing a core value that has to do with their family, their community. So uh, another character strength that we might use there would be love. Mm-hmm. kindness, teaching them to nurture self-kindness, for example. Now, you're going to be marrying this to, you know, the, the, the rigorous functional medicine curriculum. So this individual will have this positive psychology background, this particular coach, but they're also going to understand the why behind that dietary prescription or the why behind the detox uh, protocol that might be prescribed or the various supplements or medications. So they're going to also have some of that core functional training as part of the curriculum as well. Can you talk about some of those other components? Absolutely. So we're teaching them the basic components of functional medicine, beginning with the importance of gathering yourself, collecting information, telling a story, We're teaching them the the timeline, the importance Mm -hmm. of personal narrative. We're teaching them the clinical imbalances on the matrix, the importance of antecedents, triggers, mediators. We're going around the matrix, starting with digestion and inflammation. But the way we are teaching it is 
the way that would be appropriate for the coach and mm -hmm. not the practitioner. And we're asking our faculty to teach as if they were teaching their patient, if they were sitting across from a patient and they were to describe a concept so that the coach will be able to answer those questions that clients may ask, like, oh, hey, coach, you know, my doctor says I have leaky gut. What? Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. And so the, the coach would be able to explain that. And also, very importantly, the coach would uh, were really emphasizing boundary issues. So many coaches are out there actually acting as practitioners who mm. so want to be really careful that coaches understand what a coach is and that there's informed consent so that clients understand what a coach is. So a coach is not prescribing a diet. A coach is looking at recommendations from a, a physician, a provider, a, a, a dietitian, for example, and then helping that client. They're, they're really the ally right. of that client to help them to carry out that program got it got it so okay so clearly the health coach is not the healthcare practitioner um, they're not doing the prescribing which would be appropriate I mean I would not want my health coach prescribing but I would want my health coach to translate what it is I'm prescribing or fill in any holes that I haven't done and I appreciate that your faculty well, I'll be doing this, we'll be talking to the coaches in plain language because it's challenging, you know, that translation from medical language or from the science into something that's, you know, languaged in a user-friendly way for the patient. Yes, and that's, um, it's very often very difficult for practitioners because they are experts. Yeah. And it's hard to transition as a coach from the, to become a coach and not act as the expert. Uh, but it is very important that coaches know the functional medicine terminology or at least know where to look it up. So we are providing a resource library with terms. When I was uh, studying for the exam to be certified in functional medicine as a psychologist, I didn't know anything. I had right. never taken an organic chemistry course. I took science <laughs> dummies in college. And, uh, so Google was my best friend. Wow. You know, got all the terminology and the acronyms and so, uh, abbreviations. So we want to make, uh, we want to have all that uh, knowledge available, yeah. um, but not memorized. They, we want them to know where to look it up. Geez, Sandy, you know, so, my hat's off to you for for taking the exam, and bravo for, for figuring it out and, you know, consulting lots of Google and Wikipedia. I'm sure that's amazing. I mean, <laughs> but it, again, you know, it's an interesting, it's just interesting how your path has, has brought you here because all of this experience you have um, is going to help and inform this program. Um, so do practitioners ever want to become coaches, and do you recommend that practitioners become coaches, or where's your position with that? We have been approached by quite a few practitioners who have identified a need within themselves to learn coaching skills because they want to partner with their patients. Mm. They are good practitioners, but 
they want to become skilled as coaches, and especially conventional practitioners who maybe are transitioning to a functional medicine practice or a boutique practice. Right. And so they want to, they, these are skills that they feel they didn't get in medical school. Yeah. And they don't have the time in their seven minutes to be with a patient currently, but they want to become better listeners. They want to, again, move, sometimes transition from being that expert to say, you know, just handing them the diet to really learning how to coach a client or coach, in this case, a patient. Mm -hmm. So is that, I mean, can practitioners be coaches then? Or you, do you accept them into the program? So absolutely. Uh, so it depends where they're at. So we have a number of uh, people have come up to us. They are already functional medicine practitioners, mm -hmm. and they want to learn coaching skills. Okay. And if if they we don't we discourage someone who is coming to our program to learn functional medicine and uh. they are practitioners. So a physician who uh, wants to go through this program to learn functional medicine, we're encouraging them to apply or to go through the program that IFM runs for physicians because we're not teaching anyone to be a practitioner. We don't go through lab analysis, for example. Right. And they would be better suited in that program. But if they've already had that knowledge or they just want to learn coaching skills, uh, maybe they want to transition out of medicine mm -hmm. and do coaching because they've had it with all of the, you know, where medicine is at today. And they, uh, are looking to just establish a coaching practice. Many people um, are practitioners going into telemedicine, and yes. they can't do that uh, because of the license between states, but they could do health coaching Yeah, in that way. Got it, got it. So somebody who wants to transition into functional medicine as a, as a physician or as a practitioner should go to the IFM, functionalmedicine.org, but your program would be very helpful for those of us who want to build on our coaching skill set. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Um, so what skills does a coach need? What do you look for? What would make a good coach? So, you know, in guiding somebody through these various uh, steps, through the diet and the lifestyle changes that we ask them to make. Sure. So there are three really essential ingredients. And Richard Boyatis talks about this in resonant leadership. And there's actually a fourth now. But the first is mindfulness, learning to be present and really aware. So learning mindfulness begins with self-exploration, so mm -hmm. being aware of where you're at at that moment, learning how to, as we say in functional medicine, to gather yourself yes. before being with the client, and very mindful of everything that you're, that's going on in that coaching conversation, verbal and non-verbally. And the second has to do with a sense of just kindness, and that, that's actually a character strength, but experiencing that within yourself and looking for that, uh, using that, which uh, then segues into the third, which is compassion. Mm. So that's, those are 
really be the essential. Actually, it's um, the, we can put the kindness with compassion, but uh, the, the one I uh, didn't mention was hope. So mm-hmm. it's actually it's mindfulness, hope, and compassion. Mm-hmm. So the, the the sense of and that leads into just the, some of the principles from mind body medicine that have to do with placebo versus nocebo mm-hmm. and how you describe something and just your sense of whether someone is going to thrive. Yes. Clients pick up on that right off the bat and they're really sensitive to that with practitioners as well as coaches. Mm-hmm. So having that experience of, you know, we're in this together and we're going to partner to move towards wellness and well-being. So right. it's that sense of mindfulness, you pair that with hope and you pair that with compassion. And then the additional element would be playfulness, how to use humor, how to really um, have fun in these conversations as well. So it doesn't have to be serious all the time. Right. In fact, I teach a segment on there's a positive psychology at the movies, and there's a, a lot that has been written about using the popular culture, using movies, using books, using um, just other media to uh, to further you know, the, your objective. So there's a lot that we can learn there. And, and certainly the use of, of humor, the use of, of the arts Beautiful. can be really powerful. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. Really comprehensive. <laughs> I look forward to meeting these graduates. Um, do, does, does one need to have a background in healthcare in order to become a coach? This is such a great question because we think that, yeah, that would be really important. So we do have on our website the criteria that, yeah, we would prefer that you have some training, mm-hmm. uh, whether you have a, some healthcare-related field. It could be uh, as, a, as a nurse, as a nutritionist, um, some background in, in healthcare. However, the research does not bear that out. In fact, um, I was just at a conference, and Mike Arlovsky, who's on our faculty, and he wrote uh, one of the books that we're using, Wellness Coaching for a Lasting Lifestyle Change, one of the key leaders in the health coaching world. And in his presentation, he was looking at the research and said, no, there's no evidence that coming from a healthcare background makes you a better health and wellness coach. And reason for that is, again, because we're not training experts. Right. We're training coaches. And coaches are those people who can form an alliance with somebody because they are mindful, they're able to listen and connect with another person, and they're fully present, and they have hope, compassion. And that is something that sometimes someone who is coming from a different field is feels that this is their calling. And we have many right, people right. who come to this because they've had a health scare themselves or a loved one, and now they're really passionate about working with others. There's also a lot of work being done now on peer-to-peer coaching mm-hmm. where someone with no background 
that all is being trained to these groups. Our Hyman's program, the Daniel Plan, for example, works on that model. Right. So these folks did not come from a healthcare background. Okay, good, good. That's great. So there's quite a. Okay, so anybody who who feels this this calling can check you out. By the way, folks, we will have, um, or you can see on the page, you'll see all of the links to the various uh, sites and how to access uh, Sandy and learn more about the program. Um, what kind of opportunities do you envision for health coaches and for functional medicine certified health coaches in particular? So the field of health coaches, of health coaching, is exploding because, you know, as you know, we have a crisis, mm-hmm. a tsunami of chronic disease yep. that the current medical system cannot take care of. And it's estimated uh, by 2020, you know, one in two people will be diabetic or on their way to becoming diabetic. So the current model is broken. Mm-hmm. and. Health coaches are uniquely positioned because they can help inspire someone to make those difficult diet and lifestyle changes that we know are the underlying causes of chronic disease. But this is a concept that was unheard of, you know, in the 70s when I was was in school, who knew from health coaches? But then who knew from cell phones either? Right, right. So there's a lot that... You know, back then we couldn't have imagined, but the the field of health coaching is growing and it's gaining acceptance. The one of the hospitals that I used to be on staff, a very conservative institution, but I got their catalog of, of their different departments. It was um, they have a new center for where they're helping people with uh, neurodegenerative conditions, and I saw that they're putting together collaborative care teams, and on that team, the health coach. Wow. And I just smiled because I said, wow, like this is a major institution that would never have considered health coaching a yes. few years ago. Cleveland Clinic, as you know, the Center for, uh, Center for Functional Medicine, has a health coach mm-hmm. on their team. Uh, we are... So health, there's more and more demand for health coaches. Some people have looked at uh, these um, care centers that were like places, uh, some of the drugstores that are having urgent care centers. Uh, they are looking into having coaches mm-hmm. work there. So more and more physicians are looking at the possibility of training their office staff. Mm-hmm. So this is something that will be growing. For functional medicine health coaches, they can be uniquely positioned because functional medicine is rapidly exploding. Yes. And there are you know, many people who are very eager to work with functional medicine practitioners. So as the field of functional medicine grows, having coaches trained in this approach will be really important. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to do when you take care of the whole being, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. and the other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking was, you know, you gave the dismal disease, uh, statistics, you know, this, where we're headed globally on this, you know, disease trajectory and our disease centered medical paradigm. And I, 
you know, I think about my own personal, my, you know, mission statement to be, you know, somebody involved in, in helping to change the medical paradigm. Um, and this is also what the health coaching is. And I, uh, and we really, you know, we need, we need you and we need, we need people jumping in and helping, helping to bail the sinking ship, as it were. Oh, yeah, so, so true. And we, um, our program emphasizes the working within the social, ecological matrix, going, observing the community. And so health coaches are really uniquely suited for not just working with a client, but working with their, with the environment. So do going into the home and helping with, you know, basic cooking skills, pantry makeovers, field trips to stores, um, leading groups where you then get peer-to-peer coaching going on as well. So it's, it's not just working one-on-one, but mm. using a group model, using a community model to help that change. And some of our faculty are going to be teaching that approach. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I did notice that you had Shilpa Saxena, and she's really done wonderful yep. work in the, in the group model. And I, I, I think it is, again, you know, just one of the essential components of the ripple effect to transform the paradigm. So uh, from what I understand, the Functional Medicine Coaching Academy was granted temporary accreditation by the National Consortium for Credentialing Health and Wellness Coaches, which, A, congratulations, that's great, and B, what does it mean? <laughs> sure. Well, this was a group put together by some of the leaders in coaching. Uh, Meg Jordan, Mike Arlowski was involved, Margaret Moore, all of, the, of them are on our faculty as guest speakers or core faculty, and they perceived a need for some standards at the national level, because right now anyone can just hang up a sign and say they're a health coach. And mm. although each program has a certification, so our graduates will have that certificate as a functional medicine certified health coach. But there's another level that is really important if we want health coaching to be on the map and have legitimacy, and that is to have national standards. So this committee has been working very hard for a couple years to put together standards. And so what they have done is identified what a program, a health coach training program needs in order for their graduates to be eligible for sit, to sit for the national exam. So the first step, this is a brand new consortium, the first step is to have each coaching program be granted what they're calling temporary status. So no program has full accreditation because that doesn't exist. So we were granted temporary status as an accredited program. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is we will apply for full accreditation when that process is in place, probably in the next six months. And when that happens, then our graduates will be allowed to sit for the national exam, which should happen sometime late 2016, early 2017, so that uh, that will mean that our graduates who pass that exam 
will be certified at the national level, which, according to Margaret Moore and others uh, in the field, believe that that will really give health coaching credibility so as a viable profession and will help major institutions uh, to start to hire health coaches more and more. So that will really lead to more opportunities for health coaches. So it, it's a good thing, and we're really excited to be part of it. And our program meets those criteria that this consortium has established. And part of that is having a, a practicum. So mm-hmm. we, our, our program is very practical. So we, we teach through webinars and interviews, but we also have a lot of interaction. We have live Q&As, Ask the Experts, and starting in month six of the program, we have a practicum which is supervised, and it's that kind of hands-on learning mm-hmm. which we feel is critical to becoming a competent coach. Well, I'm sure people are wondering, do they need to travel anywhere for any aspect of this program, or can they do this online, and even the practicum piece? I mean, how do you go about that? Yes, this is completely online. It's a global program. We have students now from from London. We have Abu Dhabi. Uh, we have someone from uh, Colombia, Mexico, Hong Kong. Um, so we've had wow. a number of people applying from around the world. Uh, we have lots of different uh, states represented, and it's all online. And the learning management system we use, which is Canvas, it's used uh, – becoming the state-of-the-art learning mm-hmm. management system. It's used by Harvard and yep. by Alma Mater and Northwestern. And so uh, this is such a cool learning management system. You could do the entire course on an app on your phone. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so you could do it anywhere, anytime. Uh, so it is self-paced learning. And the practicum will be structured in a way that uh, you can do phone coaching. You can do Skype coaching. There are some students who are already in a clinic or they want that live experience, and so they we will make that happen for them if they want that type of experience, but it's not necessary. In the future, we will build in some conferences, some retreats uh, that will be live, but um, they uh, that is not a part of the program right now, and it would not be mandatory. Mm. Well, geez, let me know if you're looking for sites. I might, I, yeah. I, you know, I think I, I might enjoy having some, some of the health coach interns on board. I think they'd be, it sounds like they'd, cool. be, they'd yeah, be helpful definitely. and fun to work with. So how mm-hmm. long, how long is the program? It's 12 months and uh, students each month has a theme and uh, there's, uh, we have student engagement assignments that go along with a webinar, and and they also work in small groups. So we divide the student body into groups of about 10 to 12, and they work collaboratively on case studies. And this can all be done, for example, in Canvas, they can go to collaborations and all work on a Google Doc together. So they're working on case studies. They're also doing a lot of self-exploration. So when we talk about something like the elimination diet or when we are talking about doing a survey of strength, Mm -hmm. we encourage them to do this themselves. And so it's a lot of experiential learning, a lot of case studies, 
a lot of opportunity to interact on a discussion board to do live Q&As. So uh, they go month by month with a different theme. We get we don't get heavily into the functional medicine content until about the third or fourth month because we are really want them to be introduced to the coaching skills mm-hmm. initially. We have some wonderful faculty who are teaching, our, our core coaching faculty are, are teaching uh, that those components. So it's, you know, how to do establish rapport, how to do motivational interviewing, how do you start with goal setting, and then we introduce the heavier functional medicine content. Uh, but it's 12 months. In, in month six is when we start the practicum. Okay. Okay. Is it possible to do it sooner, or it is it, it's paced intentionally? It's intentionally paced. Uh, so we want them to have the, the foundations before they go into the practicum. We want to have them mm-hmm. un- have enough time to really uh, experience coaching with one another. So Mm -hmm. from month one, they're assigned uh, a buddy, a student partner. Mm -hmm. And so they coach a student and experience being coached by Mm -hmm. a fellow student. We also have established training videos. So uh, we have, this is actually professional. I've got a SAG contract, so we use professional actors in L.A., and they are playing the part of patients or clients, and then we have uh, an actress who is playing the role of the coach, and so students are seeing both great coaching going on and really bad coaching. We've used examples of everything that can be inappropriate and show what that looks like, and then students are asked to then stop, pause the video, and say, you know, what, what would you do? What would you say next? Uh, how, how would you proceed in this situation? And so these are characters that we follow throughout the course. We learn their story. Students map their timeline. They do a matrix on them. Mm-hmm. And then they see them in the training videos. I did some research and, and found that medical schools, the best way for medical students to learn was not by show, not by showing and not by uh, uh, actually, like, talking it through, but mm-hmm. by having a video and actually having them watch over and over again the procedure. So, so that's what we're following. Wow, it's, it sounds, I look forward to seeing some of it. Um, great. So you have, uh, you've touched on, on, on why your program is unique, but I just wanted to circle back to that and ask you if there's anything I mean, it sounds like you've really birthed something beautiful. And it, so you're combining functional medicine with this positive psychology, plus your, you know, your years of experience. Anything else you want to add that just what, what makes your program a standout in the world of other sure. coaching programs? Sure. Well, we're also integrating mind-body medicine. Mm-hmm. And that is my learning. We also have um, our core faculty, Deanna Minnick, and uh, Moni Class, who are very skilled teachers and experienced in mind-body medicine. So uh, we're bringing in that component and the function and nutrition piece. So uh, we give students access to the functional medicine, the IFM e-course in function and nutrition, and we also have a lot of faculty members from IFM who specialize in the nutrition piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
we are bringing that in. Uh, we have a little bit about cooking skills. Rebecca Katz is going to be uh, with us. We're actually um, trying. We're going to arrange um, a, a, kind of a, a demo uh, to um, where she said, "Oh, come on to my house. We're going to, you know, film something cool um, nice. about, you know, kind of cooking with that zest, basic cooking skills, and uh, a very important component that I wanted to add. So it's not just nutrition, but we never separate nutrition. It's probably my background. It's the psychology of eating, and that's a a program that I, I taught at the University of Western State. So we're looking at all of the different factors that influence how you eat, why you eat, and it ranges from your personality, your age, your gender, to influences of family, of peers, of your culture, your ethnicity. So uh, we explore all of those factors and help the coach be very aware of all of those, so that when someone is in a conversation with them, when they're with a client, it's not, and they're talking about, for example, food, it's not just that person there, but their families with them, and their mm -hmm. friends, and their communities, so I have to be very, very aware of all of those influences. Right. And then the influences that the uh, marketing influences and uh, Brian Wansing's work uh, at Cornell where in his lab the influences of how, how we're manipulated by different cues that we have no idea that we're manipulated by. You know, we'll, we'll eat more if uh, or we'll rate a restaurant as better, the food better tasting, if the lighting is, is a certain right, way, for right. example, or the decor or how it's described on a menu. So uh, very aware of all those aspects, too. So interesting. And then you also have a lot of us from the different um, modules at IFM. So I'm on immune module. Um, Bob Roundtree is going to be participating. He's also on immune. He's on gut and detox and, you know, Michael Stone. And it just a lot of my colleagues and friends are going to be jumping in and, and, and teaching functional medicine um, as well. So where can folks go to learn about the uh, Functional Medicine Coaching Academy? They can go to our website, which is functionalmedicinecoaching.org, and that will give them a peek at the curriculum, who our faculty are, our board of advisors. We have an incredible uh, board of advisors, including uh, David Jones, who's mm -hmm. very uh, very supportive of our program. Christy Hughes is our liaison with IFM. She's our core coaching uh, faculty as well, Director of Medical Education for IFM. So go to our website, functionalmedicinecoaching.org. Sandy, thanks again for joining me today and uh, sharing your, your calling and, you know, what you've, what you've created here with your fabulous team. Um, I really appreciate it. And I think that, uh, I think people are going to be interested in it and uh, you're doing quite a service. Well, thank you so much. This has been fun. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.